Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. And we are celebrating 100 episodes. The big 100. Yes. The big, the big century. <laughs> and, and that's 100 over, what is it, three years now? I don't yeah, even Yeah, sure. we're almost at our third year in May. Yeah, well, that's, so. not, that's not too bad considering uh, most podcasts only do like one episode every six months on average. I know. We've been uh, pretty good, mostly on a weekly basis. Every once in a while, we drop back to two. It just depends. Life happens. So Yeah, it was, uh, you know, we got rid of that Deadwood John. Because <laughs> he, he, was, he was really dragging us down there. And, <laughs> right. and we took off like a rocket. I mean, we were getting, like, guests from TV shows, like Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures. And I think he was just holding us back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's good that we kicked him to the curb. Oh, <laughs> that was the rumor out there. That was the rumor. Oh, yeah, that was the online rumor that we had a, yeah. a, a knockdown drag out, you know, barroom brawl. Right. So in celebration of 100 years. Uh... <laughs> 100 years. <laughs> Seems that long. Sorry. <laughs> 100 episodes. Oh, yes. 100 episodes. That's, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in celebration, we have a very special uh, guest with us. And uh, this gentleman was with us for the first 50 episodes, and uh, we're so proud to have him back on our 100th to celebrate, and we welcome John. Hello, John. Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, uh, <laughs> we were just saying how much we missed you, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, we wish you'd never left. <laughs> very touching. Very touching. <laughs> I see you got the Kleenex box going. <laughs> it, was, it was tearing up here. I, I got it. <laughs> Right. And also with us is uh, Tony, of course, from Hello. ship. And uh, happy to have you aboard, Tony, because uh, you've done some great fill-in work for us as well and uh, been a guest. And, of course, with all those investigations uh, that we've talked about in in the past with ship. Uh, uh, so welcome, welcome back, or I should say welcome aboard, because ship, right? Right. <laughs> Ahoy! Ahoy there. Ahoy. <laughs> Ahoy there, matey. So, John, here we are, and uh, uh, when we first started this, did you ever think it would go this long? And not at all. Not at all. And you know what? It's kind of funny how it all started. I, I had a dream, and then I talked to Big Dan about it, and he'd already talked to you about it, and it just kind of got the whole thing rolling and away we went. Yeah, it was... Um, I, I think we did an investigation at the uh, in in Fergus, didn't we? Right? Yeah, at the Fergus Royal Theater. I I approached you and I said, "What do you think about the three of us doing a, a paranormal podcast?" Mm-hmm. And a, a little did I know that John was already thinking about it, or something had implanted the the thought into his head, and something had implanted the thought into my head, and and it just went from there. And it was it was an easy task it, you know you, you've got the technical mm-hmm. side of things i've got the schmoozing the social media thing and you know john was the guy who had all the contact with all the craziness <laughs> <laughs> lucky me yeah, yeah lucky lucky john <laughs> and, and it did come together very easy um 
because I had no idea how to do a podcast, but it just seemed to rhyme. <laughs> I went to talk to uh, a friend of mine. He helped explain a couple of things about podcasting and it was just more or less, well, let's give this a try. And before you know it, uh, you know, a few episodes in behind us and, and went from there. At the beginning, I think uh, having John had some incredible, incredible stories that he had shared with us. And uh, John, I think a lot of people right now just want to know exactly what happened. If you can tell us in in your own words of uh, you leaving the program at the time, uh, 50 episodes later, and uh, because people want to hear it from you, I think. Yeah. um, Yeah. I I, want to say I appreciate a lot of people emailed me. I think one time I dropped my, at the time, paranormal email on the pod. And had all kinds of people emailing me and I appreciated it. And I told them what was going on, but long story short. And um, even, even Tony, uh, Dan and Dan, you guys can be with us. I was uh, physically deteriorating. Mm-hmm. I'd lost a lot of weight. Um, I know we went to do the investigation in Harrison at that pub. Tony hadn't seen me in say a month or two. And I remember when he looked at me, his eyes got big. Cause I was down to like a buck 42. So I'd lost about 50 odd pounds um, to make a long story short. What was happening was I began to be attacked on a, a daily basis, especially at night. And what was going on, Dan and I had encountered that entity that Michelle DeRoche had talked about. She calls him junior. And we went to this home to, to do a clearing. Um, we had no idea what we were going to run into. And Junior took a, uh, a dislike to me. And he and the spirit John that I encountered at a rental property and a whole host of other entities began to attack me on a nightly basis. So to give you an idea, I was waking up with what I would describe as a Wendigo-like creature with literally elbows deep into my chest. And I would wake up with panic attacks, heart palpitations, not able to breathe. And so what I was doing, we all, we talked on the pod before about protection and, you know, what you do to protect yourself. Mine was white light. And uh, Dan had made this thing where I do what I call a light grenade, where I just kind of, you'd throw the light into a room and clear it. And so I began to do that on a regular basis and it was working. But what happened with the nonstop attacks, the light began to get, weaker and weaker and eventually I had nothing and I began to at first I thought I was physically I thought okay is this a cancer is this something of that nature because I I was consuming regular calories that I would normally eat yet I was dropping weight and I got so paranoid about it that I began to uh, go online and I'd do a, a calorie uh, calculator okay I ate this and this is equal to an average you know this is how many calories a minute. And I was consuming 4,000, sometimes more calories a day. Yet at the end of the week, I'd get on the scale and I lost three pounds. And it was um, basically they had decided that we're going to shut this guy down. And um, Junior had, I mean, I'd mentioned on the pod, he'd called my home just like he did with Michelle DeRoche. He interrupted a, a call between Big Dan and I one time. Um, and basically, uh, 
he decided that, okay, that's it for you. And I really believe, um, had I not encountered a psychic, that and without without her assistance, I don't think I would I would have made it. Um, it was like I would ingest food, but I was getting nothing from it, and I just began the weight began to peel away. Mm-hmm. So in, in a, a long story condensed, that's basically what was happening in the background, and I didn't even really discuss it with you guys, because at the beginning I thought I can control it. Then it began to get out of control, and I didn't know where to look, what to do. And I was completely overwhelmed with the whole situation. And I just, I felt like I was on a merry ground that I had to find a way to get off. Mm -hmm. So that's in a nutshell what happened. And thanks to a a psychic who, believe it or not, found me. um, She got me on the right track. Uh, Basically, she was kind of like my babysitter for months and months on end. And what she had said, and I had to make a decision. She said, the reason why you were being targeted is that she says, you don't have it now, but one day you could have the ability to clear and move. She, and she calls them ugly things. She says, you don't have that right now, but you do have, you will develop that ability if you want to go on the path. She said to me that I am going to be one step, but you have to encounter someone else. She says, I don't know who that is. But she said, it's, you're looking at a five to seven year process. And I just wasn't up for five or seven years to get to a point where maybe I could handle my own against something like that spirit junior. And on top of that, this, these things were also harassing my kids and they'd be away at at university and they would talk about lights all of a sudden going off like strobes in the room, uh, things disappearing, being misplaced, uh, having a really awful sense of something bad around them, but, you know, there's, they're in their room and cold spots. And then I listened to this and I thought, okay, five to seven years or get out and it will begin to go away much quicker. I went with the get out and make it go away, especially with it harassing my kids like it was. Mm-hmm. I remember one time, John, uh, when this is all going on, like even before you left, how you messaged me and said that your daughter and her roommate while they were at college, uh, a French press on the counter had exploded. Yep. And that's how bad it got. And it wasn't even hot. Like it was, it hadn't been used in hours. And uh, there was all sorts of weird things going on in their apartment. Uh, was it the shower curtain came flying off the, the rods yep. as, as well? Yep. It yeah. is beginning. And that was part of what convinced me to, and see, that's the other thing that was weakening me. And I believe they did that to, to weaken me because then I would do like, you know, Dan, we would do the protection around people yeah. and I would, I would put a bubble around them. And then, then I put a bubble around my other daughter and I'm trying to do it around myself. And it was just like, you were just constantly being drained of the energy you had to, to create that protection. Um, but yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Literally my daughters had, they'd made coffee in a French press and hours later, there's nothing in it. They'd wash it just sitting on the counter and it exploded in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I remember. Um, and, I, I remember re- remote viewing the place. That's seeing, right. Seeing your daughter's friend uh, there, and I'd I'd fill the place with light, and they said it had felt a little bit better. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was so it was a, it was a weird, what, weird it was a weird time. Yeah, and and so. Junior just he decided like he took and you know what like it's amazing the psychic that I I encountered uh, when I first met her I thought hey you come on our podcast and she just laughed at me. 
Um, she doesn't want any attention. To give you an idea, like she's almost like um, that Wyona Earp thing, you know, a spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, she goes around with the gun, killing all the bad guys. There's a there's a paranormal program. Yeah, she literally will be out for a drive, and she will get a compulsion to turn down a street. And then she will stop at a house and she can know that there's something bad there that needs to be dealt with. And she said, I don't even interact with the people. I just make it go away. Hmm. And she um, has been doing this for years. She doesn't want any recognition. Um, she said she was born with this ability as a very young child. And she one day just showed up at my work and she had a need to get something um, like, like if what we, we do at my work, but, she said, I didn't know why I decided to come here. And then she said, as soon as she saw me, she said, I knew why I was directed to come here. And it was funny as she walked across the yard towards me and I'm walking towards her. I know I just figure, okay, what does the customer need and help them out? And I look and I was always seeing, and I told you guys about these people in like period outfits I'd see at work mm-hmm. because one of our buildings is like the original old hotel that is like 180 years old or something. And I would see men and women in period garb walking around. And as she walked up to me, and so spirits, I looked. Spirits, you mean? Yeah, spirits. Yeah, yeah, that's just like, yeah. And I'd see them wearing like, kind of looks like a bad Levi's outfit. You know, that kind of, that's kind of stuff they were wearing. And as I walked towards her, I looked and there was a guy walking across our yard. And I go, okay, there's Buddy again, just out for a stroll. And as soon as she walked up to me, she said, you saw that man, didn't you? And I was uh pardon uh you know and and she goes no don't she said you you she said you saw the man in the denim outfit and the straw hat walk across the over there didn't you and then she says and now i know why i'm here she says you need my help in the worst way possible and literally this the the powers that be guide her to where she needs to go and that's what she does and she describes it as there is a constant battle between good and bad And part of the reason why I was targeted again was that you have the ability to move ugly things. She doesn't get into different names. She calls them ugly things. Um, She doesn't worry if it's a poltergeist. She calls them ugly things. She says, you have that ability, but, or you will develop that ability with, she said, I, and I guess she said, I'm here to help you go decide which road you're going down. Am I going to be your first step in that direction? And, or are you going to, decide to just leave this and then they will leave you alone and i said they're attacking my children i said i want it to stop but that happened through a series of of text messages it wasn't just instantly at that time but that's how i met the lady she literally just what says you saw that man didn't you and just oh okay hi my name is john who are you so so what changed what what made you fight back and and are you are you rid of these things now or yeah, like I have almost nothing going on. Um, you remember when I used to take pictures and I would send them to you in my house? Oh yeah, I still oh. have them on my phone. <laughs> and we and there was some ugly faces that we'd see in the walls and things. Oh, yeah, I did that for a while, and there's nothing. All you see is a wall. That's um, good. And so basically, what the, the start of it was, she was like my bodyguard, and she would show up. Um, she even knew, um, I guess. Because of you, Dan, Michelle DeRoche still checks in on me. Yeah. And this lady knew about it. And she said, you got somebody really good coming in and checking in on you. And she laughed and she said, 
uh, how did she, she said, a voluptuous woman with long hair has been checking in on you once in a while. And, and she said, she's nothing but good. And uh, so basically what it was, was she made sure the attack stopped at night. So she was putting her bubble around me. Uh, you got an orb flying around you right now, Dan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then, and the only engagement I would have with the spirit world when I would notice that something was here, I'd say that I no longer wish to participate and that I am no longer involved in the spirit world. And that was the nonstop dialogue that I'd have. And it just slowly and slowly disappeared and went away. And only when I got, was about to get contacted by you guys about doing this pod, I got that crazy shadow man sort of running around in my kitchen like he used to do, try to, you know, but it, but it's all good. There's no attacks at night. There's no, um, there's nothing that's making me feel uneasy. Um, I think the worst thing we had happen again was that can that got thrown across the room. And I had one instance, we've redone our living room and I thought I wired lights wrong because they went off like strokes when I flipped them on. Hmm. And then after about five seconds, I realized, no, that's not, that's something here is trying to get my attention. Um, and the only thing I would say based on my experience, shadowmen are nothing but malevolent. There's nothing good about shadowmen. There's, there's not a shadow man who used to be grandpa who just wants to show up and shadow men. There's nothing good about them whatsoever. Yeah. But uh, honestly, compared to before, I'm um, like 99.9%, nothing going on. And I, I, I just want to jump in. Like if anybody has, has uh, you know, any listeners who have just found us recently, if you haven't listened to the, the very first podcast, you should listen to that one before this one. I know it's a little too late now, but it'll really explain, you know, a lot of things that John went through and, and what he's referring to now, you know, when we talk, even when we talk about the big John spirit and has he ever made an appearance? Only when, um, there was that time where you and I had his number Yep. and yep. we were, we were psychically kicking the crap out of him literally. Yep. Yep. And, but that was, you know, that was quite a, a while ago. And yeah, he, he, no, he came back when, when junior started having his way with me. Then he came back and joined in. Mm. And, and this spirit, Junior, um, is an ancient, ancient spirit. And as, um, like, I, I tried to get her to explain to me what he is, and she calls them ugly things. But she said, um, look, nothing but pure evil is what the spirit, and she said, this is an ancient spirit. And I said, like, and I talked about that home that we heard was uh, in the Concordan area that had the, the, uh, the, there was a, uh, a funeral home. Remember, there was supposedly potentially bodies put in the, the walls mm -hmm. and things like that. Right. She said he predates that, but that was a draw for him. And mm -hmm. this is an ancient, ancient, ugly spirit is what she called him. And if you recall, when you and I were clearing that house out, remember there was the, the woman there and you were able to talk to her and get her to move. Oh, the one that was burnt. Yeah, the Those one that was burnt, that's yeah. right. And there was yeah, the two, she was hanging around, causing yeah. trouble. And there was the two then, kids there as well. Yep. Yeah. And, and we, then remember we went to the basement, and we were ready to wrap things up. Then I said to you, but we got this one thing down here. Like a black ooze or something. That's right. And that was, and then remember it turned, I said it turned into, it, it almost it had a horse's head with this big mane that stuck out like a punk rocker. That was Junior. Right. And she said, for that brief moment, you were actually able to corner him and push him back. And that was enough for him to say that you're done and you're good. And like, 
Michelle DeRoche will tell you that he always tried to, if he could get the upper hand on her, but he can't. Well, I'm not in her league. And that just started it. And she said, that's where this all came from. John, was it ever explained to you of why they chose you? Was, uh, was there any explanation there at all? She told me when she was learning her path that she had things, and again, the ugly things that she calls them, come in and constantly try to interrupt her on her path. Now, she comes from, like, it's openly talked about in her home, her mom, her grandmother, and it goes back, back, back. And so she had a lot of support around her where me, I don't think I'd ever would have had any kind of skill or whatever in this field if it hadn't have been that encounter in that rental home with that big John spirit. That kind of opened me up to things, I guess. Um, right. But basically it was, if the evil, as she calls it, if they see an opportunity to get one less warrior to how you have to worry about, they'll do what they can to shut it down. She talked about you guiding your path and that you may be able to move these big spirits again. Is that something you fear in the future that uh, that could happen again or? Yeah, like, no, her feeling is by not going out in investigations mm-hmm. and, and not encountering the spirit world, I'm not kind of raising a flag and saying, yo, hey, I'm here. And okay. she said, then when they realize that, they'll go on to the next one that's going to be a threat. And, and one of the things that I said to her, and it was, and this lady was like, like uh, she said, like, there's, there's good people around you. Um, and, and, she, and she, like, for example, she described, and this lady was unbelievable. Like, Kate could talk, she described Tony. She described you. And then she talked about, she says, okay, now the big guy, she said, that's a whole different story there. And her thing with, with Dan was that she said, he will just kick in a door and it doesn't matter what's behind that door. He's going to go in there and find out. And she said, he's at a different stage in his path than you. So she said, if you're walking behind him, they don't see him at this point in time as the bigger threat, because apparently Dan's going to get there if he chooses where he can do similar things to Michelle DeRoche. But I was a few steps ahead down the path. And so they keyed in on me because at the moment, I was the one who they thought could be the bigger problem. And that was what happened. But again, like this lady was like, she, like, she described people and go, oh, crap, she's talking about Tony. Or, you know what I mean? Like she, like, it was just, and she just picked this up and she said, I just get messages that come to me. And, and so long story short, when it, the kids got involved and it began to get potentially dangerous, like an exploding glass craft, mm-hmm. um, my daughter telling me that she, you know, she's in her dorm and she slept on a couch in the living room because she was terrified to be in her room. And I thought, okay, this is it. I'm done. I'm done. That was, that was what pushed me over the top and the physical part of it. Like I, you know, I was losing a a war, you know, I was losing so much weight and, and like you guys saw me, like I'd be there, I'd down a beer, I'd have some fish and chips and the whole bit. Then I'd go home and I was eating extra meals and I, and it was like, she said, it's, she said, they're doing whatever they can to weaken you. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. We know what the spiritual world can do. But it was like they literally were stopping my body from drawing calories out of it. That would sustain me. Yeah. And, you, and your eyes were all jaundiced as well. And Oh, hell yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, we yeah. thought you were, we thought you were like shooting up <laughs> on the crack no. pipe or something. <laughs> no, no. And, and you know what? The only difference now in being like 50 odd pounds heavier 
is that I've just turned my back on the spirit world. That's literally the only difference. Are you still in contact with this lady? The um, no, now it's, if she feels, she said, if I need to see you, she said, the world will let me know and I'll be there. Hmm. But she's like, you know, she, uh, she'll, she, I'm sure she pops in and checks things um, just like Michelle DeRoche is doing. Right. Um, but uh, as of now, no. And like I said, she, it's funny. She does what she has to do to help people. And then she, she doesn't make like long-term connections. She moves on to the next thing. She's like the lone gunman that wanders into town. Shoot, yeah. shoot, shoots every shoots everybody and then and then leaves. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> with, with the little kid trailing behind her going, shame, shame. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 that's the, the path that she's on. And she but she like when I first met her and we began to talk and I said, you know, hey, would you be interested in coming on our podcast? And she laughed at me. She says, No. She doesn't even acknowledge this to like if she like she helped me because to get me to listen, she had to kind of show me what she was. Mm-hmm. But the people that she helps, 99.9% of them don't even know. They just all of a sudden, all that shit that was going on in her house disappeared. It doesn't happen anymore because mm-hmm. she stopped it. And her big thing is it's she seems to get keyed in when there's young people and children involved. That see, she said that seems to be my focus. That's what you and I used to say. You know, when, when, when we were clearing houses, if there was a kid involved, we said, yeah, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get involved 100%. Exactly. I think uh, your spirit guides probably helped send that signal out because, you know, this this woman actually found you, uh, yeah. which I, I find amazing. So you're obviously sending out that vibration that you needed help at the time. Uh, yep. and, and I think it was all at that time because of your kids uh, were being affected. And it was a it was a cry for help. And she's like an angel, really. Got you oh, back I, on your I, I actually called her that. Like the, one of the last times we spoke, I said, like, you know, you've been like an angel to me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm getting my life back together. Like I'm sleeping again and all these things are, you know, it, it's normal. You know, and like I like I said, I don't know where I'd be if, you know, I certainly would have went downhill a lot more before it potentially got better. That's for sure. John, uh, you say you kind of stepped away from the spirit world, but has that diminished your ability to see spirits? Because one of the things that was so unique about your home was you had that headless spirit would walk through. You had the native spirits. You had uh, all sorts of different uh, spirits coming through your property. Even your neighbor who had passed away a few years ago, you'd see him every once in a while. Uh, You had those strange lights in the back uh, that you've taken some excellent pictures of. And even at your workplace, you see people in period clothing uh, walking around like this guy in the Levi's in the straw hat. Do you still see them or, or is it kind of gone away? Uh, I still, um, if, if something comes into my home, I I know almost right away, just like before. Right. But now what I do is I just say, um, I don't know why you're here, but I'm not interested. And this is a waste of what little energy you have. And generally speaking, something may kind of look around, it, but it, they, they tend to leave. Right. Um I will, I still get, um, I'll give, give you an example. I, I freaked my daughter out the other day. She um, is working with a government agency now. She's just uh, about to graduate uh, from her program. And she's working with uh, children of this government agency that have really had a hard time. And they have them in a home where they can be away from people that are abusive and all that sort of stuff. And she was talking about the house and she said, Dad, you got to see this cat because the comparison, like, our cat's a little shit and this cat's an angel. And as she began to talk, I described the cat. And, uh, and the reason was 
um, there was actually a spirit in that home, but it's a good one. So in this case, this spirit that's there at this home is there to make sure these children don't get influenced by the negative that they would normally att attract. And the spirit gave me, and I said, this cat has got a multicolored nose, doesn't it? And she goes, how the hell did you get that? I said, there's a good spirit in that house. Just pass them some information on kind of like, Hey, cause I worried about that when my daughter took that job, kind of thinking like, okay, you're around negativity of children who went through, through hell. And that can also bring in the bad. Right. Mm -hmm. And the spirit was kind of letting me know that, no, I'm here and I'm, I'm keeping all that away. And uh, so, yeah, it still goes on, but as far as, me like kind of looking into it deeper or what have you it's all at a surface level though like very 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 surface right aside from the bad stuff i mean and there was plenty of it do you, do you miss it uh yeah oh well, it took a while it took a while like i i um um i never even looked at what you guys are doing for ages now i i will listen to your pod when you do aliens and bigfoot but i don't do anything that's paranormal right you know, so when you had that lady who hypnotized, I checked that out and I would love to talk to her one time and the big thing. So like, I'm really kind of gotten into the cryptid kind of thing. Right. But as far as poltergeist or whatever, the, I, no, I don't even want to touch that right now. Mm -hmm. um, that may change down the road, but right now, no, like life is so good. And that was such a dark time. Just like, it, how can you just eat nonstop and just keep losing weight? It just didn't make any sense. Right. Right. Well, mm -hmm. Not everybody can do the demon diet, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would. I would recommend. Don't, don't recommend. The, don't recommend the demon diet. No. <laughs> stick to stick, stick to stick to keto and and uh, yeah, Atkins, <laughs> right? Yeah, portion control. Demo right. Demonic Weight Watchers. Yeah, yeah, oh. it works, but it, it works, pay. but <laughs> you're gonna pay, John. I, I, I've got a question for you, and I've been, and I know you. You know, you you stayed away from me in particular for a long time. I would too, if you know, if I could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever. You should. What? You should see. You should see the 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 messages she sends me. It's all lies. Trust it's me. It's all it's all love and affection. But <laughs> but I, I got to ask you this question. I mean, I know why you stayed away. Um, Tony told me because I, I would go through Tony every once in a while and say, hey, you know, how's John doing? What's he up to? Blah blah blah. And he told me that you had a bit of a past life regression and you yeah. and I, and you and I were connected. Th this, this is from Kate. Like, okay. Is... Spill the beans. So <laughs> she said, when you and Dan met, she said it felt pretty comfortable and normal right off the bat. And I said, absolutely. Didn't know the guy from Adam when he walked in, when we did that place out. Um, oh, forgot her name now. She was on oh. paranormal survivor. And that, Oh, Melissa. 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 Remember yeah, she... they were sleeping in the living room, right? Yeah, she was uh, episode two or three. I yeah, think. something yeah. pretty early on. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. And she um, listens, so hello, Melissa. Yeah, yeah hey, <laughs> hi. It, it, that's where you and I first met. That's right. And that's right. But apparently you and I have known each other through past lives on okay. multiple occasions. In this life... Do you owe me any money from a past life? <laughs> no, I, I think it's the other way around. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, I, I think you took my shotgun too, apparently. Oh, um, yeah, but uh, her thing is, and I guess, and you had mentioned that you would talk to a guy, and this is where it kind of verifies what she said. He said he could teach you some more things about moving spirits. That's right. Well, like, it's funny when you mentioned earlier, sort of interrupt how I might get to the point of Michelle de Roche by moving spirits. 
And this yep. guy, and this guy had told me, I just heard an EVP. I just heard a voice. Yep. So did I mark that Tony, you get your ears out. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he, she, he had told me that my, uh, one of my abilities or purposes was to move spirits and not necessarily bad spirits. And he, he taught me a little bit, but it's not something that I've, I've really done since you and I used to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So her, her thing is like you and I were going to places and what have you. And it's funny when we went to that house in, um, where junior, where we met him, I'm hearing yes. voices now. I don't even have headphones on and I'm here. No. Yeah. And I, you've got a lot of orbs going around you there. Yeah, Dan. I, I, no, that's the sage that I'm burning. Are you sure? Yes. It was so, no, it was like a little tiny ball that went in yeah. front of it. Yeah. Smoke doesn't move that way. Yeah, okay. no, it was not smoke. Anywho, someone's trying to uh get their 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 two bits in. So it wouldn't surprise me if it's Junior <laughs> trying to put in his two two cents worth. The reason why when you and I were doing stuff, if there was a negative to come from it, I was getting it because I was a few steps down that journey ahead of you. Hmm. And okay. like she said that he can be there. So you know you're guilty of this. Like you'll kick open a door and go in and what okay, what's going on in here? And you haven't done your protection. Right. And right. And but she said the biggest thing is is that you and I had that connection when we'd go to places. Like when we went and, and kicked um Big John's ass. Yeah. You said, I don't even know where he is. And I said, Don't worry, I'm gonna send out a signal and you'll be and and we ended up being there and we described what each other wore, the building. Oh, we were looking at each other in astral form. It was it, it that was it was that was it was crazy. That's right. And you know? and so what happened, she said. Like, for example, you could be miles away. You could be around the world and you walk in the door and go, okay, what's going on in this place? And right away, she said, if they want, they can make the connection from you to me, just like that. Yeah. And, and she said, and she said, as dumb as this sounds, there is a nonstop war with good and evil. And so there's people like her, people like Rachel, Michelle DeRoche, what have you, who can help and stop this stuff. And there's also these spirits out there looking because they thrive off this. Mm-hmm. The chaos and all the things that they can do. There is literally homes that are falling apart because nothing but paranormal entities are attacking the people, the occupants on a nonstop basis. And mm-hmm. when they encounter someone who could be a threat to them, but I'm not there yet, right? It's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to fight Mike Tyson. I need about 30 more fights where I'm there. Then this is when they want to shut you down. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of the, the gist that she had. And I was very tempted to, okay, look, you get me started on the path. And then she said, you'll encounter another person. She said, and she said, I don't know who, but she said, the message is that there's another person. And so that she was going to help me. And I, I don't know if I was going to work with her. I don't know. I'd never found out. But when the kids started coming back with all the chaos and, hey, dad, I'm terrified to be in my room. Uh, and it was funny, the timing, because I thought about it for about three days. And both of them contacted me and they were terrified of what was going on. I thought, you know what you have to do. Wasn't there something where she, she did connect you and I at a past life and, and you ended up getting killed because of me? I'm not oh, surprised. Yes. Jesus. Am I that so, bad? Good so, Lord. No, no, no. So get this. And, and, and it wasn't like, you know, it was. Give me a complex here. <laughs> no, no, no. no it, it wasn't like it was some like underhanded thing that you intentionally did or something. But you and I went to confront some people and we were carrying old style weapons and we had to get them this. I believe there was people that were squatting and 
we were to, to go and, but again, it was like, just like, you know, when you were ready to kick in a door and I don't care what spirits in there, I want to see them. Right. And we went and what happened was they turned on us and I was killed in that life by these people that we went to confront. Uh, you and, it was a human shield. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So I'm the smarter yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So, and also, she also said he he wasn't always as big in every life. This is one of your largest versions of you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just so one you know. Of, so the next one. One of. Yeah. You, you could you could be like a you know like a, a flyweight in the UFC next life, and just so don't get you know <laughs> take, you may not get... be in the heavyweight division. Just let you know. All right. Um, but yeah, but that's what that's what she and she said that's why she said that there was such an easy connection between you because she said it's actually been there for multiple past lives, mm. multiple past lives. And that's what she was talking about. And she didn't, she just said that as an example, but she said, this is what's happening now. And she said, they're focusing on you because if Dan goes on the journey and gets ahead of you, then a lot of the crap I was going to face, you would be facing because you would be the perceived bigger threat. Oh boy. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah so there you go i owe you though don't i i should take a few shots every once in a while <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well i always used to say how come the, they, they they're beating up on me you know and then you were like the hostage negotiator you yeah. were the one who was just kind of being the nice guy and i'm supposed to be the tough guy right? well uh, we used to joke uh about how you had wimpy spirit guides and i had my two uncles who were brawlers yeah who would uh you know and I've used them actually to help Rachel clear a shadow man out of her home. And that's the last, that's the last time that I was able to remote view uh, a place. And I saw my uncles drag this entity at the back of her house. And Rachel actually saw me in astral form standing in, in the doorway of her kitchen in her dining room while it was happening. Yeah. So, and, and I don't know why it happened. Like, like when you and I used to do our thing, it, you know, we, we've, we've had several psychics tell, tell us, you know, two become three or two become one or two become three or whatever. And we were mm -hmm, kind of, mm -hmm. kind of amplified each other and it used to be so easy. Yep. And now I, I try to do it and I don't know if, if I, I just can't on my own or I'm, I'm you know, I, I need someone like you or Rachel to help me out. But yeah, that last time. And how, how long ago was that, Rachel? Oh my goodness. I think, uh, geez, that was probably when I first started Before, on the podcast, I think. Because I could clearly, I, clear as day, I could see my two uncles, the spirits of them, dragging this spirit, this black shadow man, like like two bouncers throwing a drunk out of a bar. Oh, totally <laughs> like that, yeah. <laughs> and, there, and I could see yeah. Rachel. And I, I said, you're wearing purple with white writing. And she took a selfie and she's wearing purple pajamas with this white writing all over. Yeah. And I was like, and I was so excited because like I could do it. And I, and I usually, it was a thing where you and I had to do it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't know if it was just a fluke or just the, you know, the, the stars were aligned properly, but I haven't been able to do it since, but maybe that's a good thing. John, we first met through Tony actually. And, mm -hmm. uh, Tony was investigating a rental property at the time that, uh, that you owned and uh, you had uh, an, an incident there. It was described on some earlier episodes, of course, of, of mm -hmm. Phantom Faction podcast. That place had really scared you. Tony, can you maybe describe the, the first time that uh, you talked to John about this home? Absolutely. Um, 
John contacted my old paranormal group right, asking for someone to come down to have a look at his place. Um, I went there with my wife, uh, Kathy, and um, I asked her to take pictures. When I first got uh, talked to John, right, he was telling me of things that was happening. He was renovating the place, and that uh, they took down the wall, and they found a newspaper, and decided that it would be pretty cool to put beer cans inside the wall. So the next 50 years from now, right, the person who opens the wall will see empty beer cans. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then they told me the story, right, of when he was um, upstairs, uh, just finishing doing the floor. Uh, he stepped out of the bathroom, uh, or he laid the floor down, and he encountered um, a uh, nail floating in midair. And mm -hmm. the nail, right, uh, right. Then he walked into the bathroom to look at one of the, went down to the floor, and then he encountered a wind, right, um, pushing him, right. And the wind got stronger and stronger. And as he was leaving to go downstairs, he was pushed. Now, when John was telling me the story, right, he was sweating profusely. His eyes were open and he was shaking. Now, I deal with uh, crisis incident stress management with my job. And I told John, I said, John, you're experiencing a, a, a event that is unusual. And John, you know, like says, no shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah. And um, anyway, so we um, made an arrangement to come back to investigate. And I went home to listen to the audio. And I at first thought that John's place was under surveillance by, by um, the police. Because I heard two, two people talking about us. We were doing. We we're upstairs. They're doing this. Even talk about my wife outside and using a cell phone. And I called John up right and uh, about uh, right after, and I said, "Hey, guy, just to give you a little heads up. Um, yeah, you, that place is haunted. Hmm. <laughs> what? You, <laughs> that place is haunted. Unbeknownst to me, right? John told me later, right, that um, you were looking for you were looking for uh, validation. Yeah, that what you were seeing and hearing." And we did an investigation. We, we've encountered things, but we were sitting in the kitchen and we heard a voice between me and Dan when I asked the question, right, you know, did you die in, in this place? And the voice was clear as day between me and Dan says, I did, right? It was like, wow. And then we even, we even right, went looking for uh, bodies in the basement, did we not? <laughs> yeah. Yes, we did. <laughs> Yeah, away, looking for a buck. I, I still have that picture of me sitting on my butt digging. <laughs> now, John, do you think uh, it was the place that was haunted itself, or was it something that was attached to you? Um, it, no, it was definitely the place, but it attached to me because that's what followed me home and this started the whole thing. Like I thought after Tony came and kind of validated, like, okay, I'm not crazy, right? Because like you, 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 when you experience something like that and you've never experienced it, you you try to come up with explanations and the whole bit. But at the end of the day, unless there's somebody there manipulating it with a string or something, a nail can't levitate through the air. It, it just can't do it, right? Um, and then like going down the stairs when I went down and I wiped out, like I know for a fact that I didn't trip. I was pushed. I felt it on my you know on my body, right? Um, and then it followed me here. So that one, um, I encountered it and I upset it uh, when I began to do the renovations. And the other thing, I completely disrespected it because I was, I knew something was going on here and I would go in and I would talk trash to make myself feel comfortable. You know, like, hey, oh, good for you. You, 
you hid my tools again. Oh, is that all you, you know, like I would say stupid stuff now looking back on it, you know, and I felt I wound up that spirit that was there. And so when I was done, they were like, oh, I don't think I'm done with you. And they followed me to my home. Right. Mm-hmm. And that brought on another year and change of, of hell. So. And we even investigated your house too. Yes. We did an investigation. We found quite a few things. In fact, twice I think we we investigated your place. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Tell me, investigating the house in the summertime with no air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, warm was, in that yeah, house. That yeah. was no fun. And you know, the, I think the biggest thing that still stands out to me with that investigation Tony did, and we Tony had me ask a series of questions to the voice box, and I prepared them and the whole bit. And I remember. One of the questions, and I don't remember exactly how I worded it, um, or no, it was, or maybe Tony asked it, why are you bothering John? And the answer was, kill him. <laughs> and we heard that come across the voice box just to play in his day. Yeah. You know, and I had that message communicated to me too, because one of the freaky things with that spirit, I can remember I was downstairs and I began to have heart palpitations, and I could actually hear the voice saying, I'm going to kill you. And I remember, you know, and of course, the first thing went through my head, uh, I'd accepted that there's something going on. And I knew that it wasn't like me being crazy. And I remember I just, I, I told it to F off and the hell palpitations got worse. And, and I remember that it was just saying, you're going to have, I'm going to, I'm going to kill you. and You're going to have a heart attack. And that's kind of what kind of scared me when I was waking up with that Wendigo like thing, because I would be literally like, my heart would be going insane. And I'm like, here I go again. This is like round two, right? And uh, again, that I, I have a picture of that thing that I drew and I sent it to to Dan, maybe and to Tony, not knowing what it was before all the crap happened, but it was the identical thing. And it looked like uh, I call it a Wendigo for lack of a better term. But like I, I'd wake up literally every night with that thing elbows deep in my chest and I couldn't make it stop. That was the other part of it. In the beginning, I could do my light and it would be gone. And I could do, blast it out of the room. But after repeated and repeated and repeated, all of a sudden it would maybe pull away, but then it'd be right back, and I couldn't get it to stop. And that's when Michelle de Roche got involved as well, right? That's right. That's right. Exactly. Well, you, when we did that investigation, and you'd already pulled her in because you knew Dan something was wrong. Well, I had to because, yeah, you know, like you said, she's the only one that that I figured could help you. That's right. And yeah. you're, you're at that time you're kind of being elusive with us, right? Because you're trying to distance yourself and not not just come right out and say, hey, you know, there's something big going on. So I said to Michelle, you know, you need to help John. And I I guess she has. And she said, you know, when I talked to her, you know, I I wish Michelle was an artist because I would love for her to draw some of these things that she sees, Mm -hmm. you know, and and we've had her on the show now three times and she's described some pretty crazy things. But when I talked to her, uh, she said she saw something that looked like a six-legged hairless dog going up one of your walls. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. She, and she saw a huge, like, black snake, like almost like a big black anaconda in your basement. Mm-hmm. And you know, these are things that she cleared out of the house. And there was then there was other stuff as well. It was like a little reptilian that she saw. Yeah, it, and all that stuff. That was all Big John bringing that stuff in because it was just a nonstop assault on me, right? Mm. And I saw things moving around the house. And what it was, I believe, it was just, it's, it's like, you know, you're in a war, you're weak in your enemy's defenses. And so then I would do my light. And I can remember one time 
the light would be just bright white, like almost like arc welding bright, you know, just that bright, bright white. And then all of a sudden it would seem a little dimmer. And I remember one day it was almost kind of a yellowy. And then I remember one day I went to do it and I had nothing. It was just like nothing. And that's when it all really started going downhill. And it's amazing, you know, when you think about it, what these things can do when they have the, the motivation and the abilities, like how can it stop me from ingesting food and yet not being able to drive the calories from it, mm-hmm. you know? And like, it wasn't like, you got to understand too, that people think, well, you were stressed and you weren't eating. When I've been my heaviest, it's been when I'm, I'm a stress eater. You know, if I can't sleep because I'm stressed, guess what? I get up and well, let's eat something, right? You know, mm-hmm. I'm a stress eater. And I could not, like you guys saw me, I was just whittling away to nothing. And I was losing two to three pounds like weekly on a weekly basis, no matter what I ate. John, as as you know, you and I love the cryptid <laughs> stuff. We love the Sasquatch, the Bigfoot stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, and I am a huge fan of Sasquatch Chronicles. And about a month or two ago, I was listening to Sasquatch Chronicles, and I heard a very familiar voice. <laughs> and I was like, that son of a biatch. <laughs> I said, I said, and I, you know, I know Sasquatch Chronicles is anonymous, and you're just John from Ontario, but I'm just going to out you right now and ratchet right out. You went on another podcast. That's fair enough. You, you bastard, you. <laughs> I, I, I cheated on you guys. You with did. Another, I was so... Man. I felt so violated. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a it was a story I'd heard before, and I'm and I'm you know I was actually really happy that that you went on there and and uh, Wes had called you and, and got you on there because uh, you know I was like oh it's like the good old days John's on a podcast it's just not ours but it yeah was good, it was good to see that you were still involved in some you know supernatural stuff. Yeah, and you know so what the, I've always been interested in the Bigfoot thing, and. Uh, that, what I saw that day, I'm not going to lie to you. I still, even now, uh, I, there will at least once a week, it'll go play through my head like a, like a movie. And it gets, it's like I said to Wes, it's just because you can't just put a label on it and say it's this, you know, like, I think when I first told you guys, I waited, I think maybe a month when I finally told you guys. And I thought I saw a dog man because I couldn't get my head around the shape of the head. Mm-hmm. And the way it ran too, it had like the way, yeah, super and, long, super long arms, and it was like flailing them as it ran or something, right? And and the thing too is, um, but then I went on to the, one of the the, the BFRO. Um, they have like the, the the body type sketches. Yep. And they had one that's a thin build, and it has almost what looks like a beard and a very conical shaped head. And when I picture that at the side view, which is what I saw like ninety percent of. I thought, man, that could be it. Just maybe I saw a juvenile mm-hmm. because it was thinner and lankier. But um, that that thing to this day, like I still, um, if I'm lying in bed, I'm just kind of, do- it'll play through my head. If I've got a long drive, it'll play through. Like, And so then I thought, you know what? I'm going to just send it off to Wes and see what he thinks of it. And um, I'm going to say he had my email for like two hours and he was on the phone to me. And, oh. um, and he... And, and part of what got Wes's um, uh, interest in this was the way it avoided running in the light. It kind of hovered to the edge of the light. And he's heard this many times. And I can tell you something that hasn't been played on his podcast, mm. but he told me a story about how he had a guy who he's talked to. And let's face it. I'm going to guess that half the people that contact him and talk to him don't ever go on the podcast. 
but they're looking for validation or just to kind of get it out there mm-hmm. off their chest. He talked to me about this guy was finding on his property. He put motion sensor lights up because they were driving him crazy coming around his property. And I think he had chickens and other small animals. And he's walking around his yard one day and he's finding these stacks of rocks in different locations. And he's like, well, what? And he knew he didn't put them there and he knew his wife didn't put them there. Well, long story short, when he went out to go look at this section or area again, and it was just at dusk, so it would trip the lights. What they, the Sasquatch had done is they had put the rocks up to identify the boundary of, okay, you cross these rocks, the lights will come on. But if you stay over here, they don't come on. And that's what they were doing. And so he said, John, I've heard multiple times about people with putting up lights to try to stop them coming around. And he's convinced that property that is next door to our our family's, um, uh, Lisa's brother's property, that he's had Sasquatch problems. And that's why he's got that up there. And I think what I saw that day kind of bodes uh, true for it. And I, I did a little bit of uh, research in that area. They, they do get a, a lot of uh, dogman sightings up, the, up that way. Yes. And Bigfoot too. Mm. And Bigfoot too. I've actually, like I walk around quite often with a, a Bigfoot t-shirt and I've, I've had two people now approach me and say, like the first time it happened, I was kind of caught off guard at a grocery store. And the guy said to me, so you've seen one, have you? And I went, oh, you know, my kids bought me the shirt. And then he told me, uh, he, I was outside and I put my cart away and I walk into my car and he's parked near me and he just motions me to come over. And he said, look, I'll tell you what, I, I saw one uh, in Markdale, what's on your shirt. And he said, because of what I saw, he said, I don't ever go hunting again. And then he told me all about his sighting. Long story short, he hikes in in the morning, you know, like the hunters do get to his tree stand, pitch black. He's on the edge of a cornfield. Um, it's a family farm. And they've kind of cut back a row of corn so that when the deer come out of the woods, they have to cross an open area and then they can get a clear shot. And he saw this thing coming up to the tree line and it was on all fours and he thought it was a bear. And they do see bears in Markdale quite often. And then he started to think like, holy cow, this is the biggest bear that I've ever seen. And then it stood up on two feet. And he told me that it was 60 yards away and they have, he's got branches cut so that he doesn't exceed his shooting area. And he said, you know, he said, look, guys, what a minute. He said, I'm not that great a shot. So this thing was 60 yards away from, he had the binoculars on it. He saw it clear as a bell. And he said, this thing looked like something from that. And he didn't know the name of the, but he said that film that's been around forever. And he said it was massive. It was huge. And he said, I was downwind and this thing was looking around and he said, I think back on it. That thing was looking for a deer just like I was. And then he said, I don't know how it did it. He's wearing tree camel in a tree. And this thing looked in his direction and picked him out. And it made, he said, I didn't hear a growl, but it looked like it growled and it bared its teeth, slapped the tree and then it went away. And then he said, I was terrified to get out of my tree stand and they have radios and he sat there for a while and then he radioed and he said i need you guys to come get me and then they came and he said i've never hunted since and that i remember it was 18 years ago that that happened to this guy and the other thing that he told me and you hear this on wes's podcast the minute it stood up and he knew what he was looking at he said i can't get over he said there was instant fear he said i'm up in a tree with a rifle and i'm vibrating on that scared 
I wonder if it uh, hit him with the infrasound as well, or it was just his own natural fear. He, he, he said it, it was like his body's reaction. You saw it. He said it just it just happened. And he, the other thing, too, he said he couldn't believe that it picked him out of the tree. Because when his buddies were coming to get him, he said, I couldn't even talk. I was so scared. They couldn't figure out where I was. They couldn't f- remember the exact spot. Wow. And he said, they're like, they're less than half the distance. They're yelling. Where are you? Where are you? And then he said, I was finally able to muster something. He didn't tell them, but they literally had to put their arms around him and drag him out. He was that. He said, it, it upset me that bad. And he said, the only thing that went through my head, he said, for a month was that I walked in there in the pitch dark and that thing was in those woods. He's never hunted again. And this is in the Markdale area. Yeah, outside of Markdale. That's And I don't know, these, but he said outside of Markdale. Well, and then I, I told him mine and I said, well, you know, from Chesley to Markdale, it's not a big area, a big distance. No, it's pretty and, close. You know, and then so, and then I had one other guy who saw my shirt and told me about, um, and he was actually in the northern area. He called it the top of Markdale. And he said, there was something there just at dusk. And he said, we were all out just having a campfire and a whole bit. And he said, I don't know what it was that was screaming, but he said, there's nothing out here that screams like that. And he played all that. And that's when he, again, so when I, it seems like whenever I wear this t-shirt, I got these people coming out of the woodwork who got something they want to say. <laughs> well, good thing you you're know. not wearing a phantom faction t-shirt. Oh God. Yeah. Then I'll get be back where I was before. Right. Just as you began to tell your Sasquatch stories, there was a lot of voices coming through my headphones and I'm Tony's hearing it. Rachel's hearing it. Even Danny's messaging me going, man, there's a lot of voices coming through. <laughs> I blame you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I guess I haven't lost it completely. Uh, well, and you've got, you've got me and Rachel here too. And Rachel is, you know, she's no, uh, no chump. She, she gets a lot of uh, visitors coming in and, you know, I'm sure Tony does too. And Danny. So it's like, you know, party time, right? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I just want to say something quickly there, right? Um, we all work together, right? And we sort of notice that whenever we're on the telephone or even texting messages, right, there's that seems to be a paranormal effect after. Like we get something come and visit us, right? And it's mm-hmm. usually within us, you know, uh, this group here, right? You know, we're talking away and maybe something pops up. We're putting the we're putting the signal up, right? The beacon. Yeah. And how many times did we try to text and we couldn't or would be just like gobbledygook. Oh yeah. Like like that time I tried to text you about something and I get just dots came out, you know, and then I'm looking at what I typed and what came out. What the hell? You know, or the, or the yeah. screen would go blank. Yeah. Like yeah. Your, everything would disappear. Right. That's right. Exactly. So, well, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's like you said, it's that, it's that fight, the constant but, fight, the, the good against the, the bad. And, yeah. and they're, you know, they're going to try their, their silly little tactics and we're going to, uh, fight back the, the best we can and reach out to people and, and hopefully develop our own um, defenses too. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I mean, we've talked about this on the, on the podcast quite a bit, but uh, you know, people who are listening and think that they have uh, any activity at home, it, the best thing to do is try to ignore it. Uh, fill, fill your home with sunlight, happy music, laughter, you know, all positive energy as much as yeah. you can, no matter what the situation is at home, because not everybody's home is always the best, right? Yeah, but exactly. you, you have to try. And, and a candle, even doesn't have to, just a candle burning is always a good thing too. Yeah, the white yeah. candle, right? Yeah, burn a white candle, that's right. doesn't have to be, you don't have to burn sage or what have you. And, <clears> and no. whatever you do, if you do have something going on, like don't, um, don't try to record it, don't try to engage with it. 
you know, look for a group like Tony's and the one that you guys are a member of. Mm -hmm. um, don't pay big money to get help. And then people like yourself have people that you can then pass on or they may be within the group that can help, you know, improve the situation. Yeah. And, and the, what, the other thing too, uh, the one thing that Michelle DeRoche really pushes is your mental state. You really have to uh, keep your wits about you. Stop thinking about it. Don't feed it. Right. Yeah, that's right. Like Tony and I uh, were interacting with the lady in Toronto and, and she was a basket case. Like the texts that we were getting from her were unbelievable. Like she was getting something growling coming out of her closet. There's all sorts of, all sorts of crazy things going on. And we were texting her back and giving her all this advice and telling her to calm down. And it's like, she, it's like we weren't even there. And, mm -hmm. she, and she was just beside herself, terrified. And then we, and then we never heard from her again. We said, we'll be more than happy to help you. You know, we, we know some good people that can help you out. And like, she abandoned her apartment, left all, wow. left all her property in there. Wouldn't go back. So we'll sleep on her sister's, her sister's couch. Wow. And <laughs> Tony and I were like, we're almost like, like yelling at her, like through a text, like you need mm -hmm. to calm down, oh, like just, is. just relax. But, uh, we haven't heard from her since. Yeah, and I hope that she's okay and that she's found the help that she needs. But it w it didn't come from us. And that's when I, I mentioned to her that um, what happened recently, and uh, her boyfriend knocked her out. She was in a like she was unconscious for a while, and uh, right after that, she started having abilities of uh, his, uh, hearing things, seeing things. And and I says, well, what happened was probably that your uh, psychic abilities was activated, and let, she freaked out. She, she was crying and everything. She says, oh, my God, I'm going to be, have to deal with this for the rest of my life. And so I sort of figured out, well, you feel, John, mm -hmm. things that you see. And I got to admit, right, I, 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 I don't know how I'll react if I've seen the things that you saw. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it's funny. For a while, it almost became normal. But in the beginning, no, it was just devastating. Uh, it was a day-to-day -day thing for you, right? Oh, yeah, I've seen stuff all. And there was a time you and I, could re we, we almost kind of laugh about it. But it was, you know, it's just, it was, it's crazy. Like when I would send you those pictures, because I'd send something here and we'd see those demonic looking faces kind of like looking through my wall and what yeah, have or you. Or especially at the top, um, of your, top of your stairs too. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. I uh, like, I, I've taken multiple pictures and there's nothing there. That's good. Nothing, not a thing. Right. It's uh, but yeah, it was I, in a way you kind of got used to it, but uh, then my protection was good. Um, I used to go to bed. And I used to, just as I'm closing my eyes, it was like I would see like hundreds of fireflies around me. And that was all the protection that would protect me all night. And when I was in the dark uh, throes of all of this, that disappeared. And I can say now, when I go to bed now every night, that, that's there every single night now. Hmm, that's every fantastic. single night. But that, yeah. And it's kind of like I'd forgot about it. And then when I started getting the help, all of a sudden I went to, and I went, holy cow, they're back. And it was just like, that's that protection there. And again, nothing has happened since. Every night they're there, and I've had no attacks or harassment or anything. If anything, my biggest thing now is I, I have little daydreams about Bigfoot, or I saw something, and then, you know, it's kind of like be able to put the spirits behind and, you know, move on to something yeah. else. The big furries. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm toying with retiring, and if I sell my house, we're moving north, and I keep saying to my better half, saying, you know, we'll be in in more Bigfoot country up there. 
<laughs> and I've always told her we're going to go looking, and then I tell her that she's bait, but she's not too keen right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, John? Like, watch, you'll be that guy that you know where they slap your house every night and shake your, you know, flip your car over, and then you'll be moving to the city like that poor guy. Yeah, that's that, right. That we talked about on the podcast. Yeah, once. Where's John? He's on Young Street now. Yeah, yeah. John. John's. Uh, you know, living at Bay and Bloor in a condo. So, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, won't even go into the park because he's terrified of Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah that's so, right. Got to be in the so, concrete jungle. Yes. Yeah. Rachel. Hi. <laughs> what, are you, what are you picking up? You said there's some there's some amazing energy coming through here, and I saw you writing stuff down. I, I was writing stuff down. I'll admit to it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, John, uh, you're curious what I picked up. Um I got this this afternoon um, that you have a bright light, but it's a different light that I've ever seen before. I almost want to say it's like a raven. So to us, our human eyes, a raven is black, right? Mm -hmm. But beyond this realm, ravens are so beautiful that we, we here on earth can't actually see their beautiful colors. That's your light. Your light is very like a raven. So I think that's why you can attract so much because you're seen in deaf different realms if that makes any okay. sense to you. You need to know too that you will be able to stand up for yourself and defend your position. So I think that's something that's gonna make sense to you down the road, which you kind of okay. talked about that too. Um, and you have the the right to remove yourself from people who bring, and I wanna like quotation mark this, drama into your life, but I don't actually mean drama. It, it, it's just the only word I can think of to use to describe what mm -hmm. I mean. Um, that means getting rid of Dan. Nah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. I'm going to start my own podcast. <laughs> all by my lonesome. Holy cow. I had to dig a little there. Okay. And, um, you do have, um, great courage and kind kindness and that just shines. That's a really strong characteristic of you. Um, but you, you really do not realize how strong and powerful you are. Um, but you, you, right even now there's no problem you can't resolve. And you know that, like you can figure out things, you know how to just, if there's a problem, you already have a solution for it, but that will grow with you. Um, ah, doo -doo -doo -doo. and you're to be reminded to, to show yourself the same compassion that you show others. Cause you forget that too. Um, <laughs> stay strong. Okay. And be confident in your answers, even if they're no. I feel like when you say that, sometimes you're like, eh. but yeah, stay strong with that. And um, it's, I get to, it, you got to look at things a little differently than you have been looking at things. Um, maybe uh, it's like when you see a situation start envisioning the, the positive possibilities. That's the different, you know, mm -hmm. how, how you can envision things. Um, and it's okay to pause and relook at things um, and allow whatever you're, you're trying to figure out or embracing or, or um, um, serving, allow it to, to come to you. You don't have to actually reach for it too. I like, I know you're like, you want to find the solution right away, but you're allowed to stop and pause. And um, the other thing is I, it's like when you talked about your light and the fireflies, it totally made sense to you when you said that, because 
I, I see a guy or like there's a lot of people protecting you and it's almost like they have armor on them. And when you saw said the fireflies, it's like the fireflies reflect their armor. Mm. So, yeah. you know, extra protection there. So I, yeah, I just had to let you know on that too. Well, you know, the, the big thing you said that really resonates is the no, because I've been saying to myself and to others that no can be a complete sentence and it doesn't have to be justified because I'm bad for that you know, and especially with this pandemic and all the things that have been going on, you know, it's, it's okay to say no sometimes. And I'm, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that. Appreciate it. It'll be $400, Jim. <laughs> okay. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll fire you guys off a, uh, a check. Don't worry. <laughs> right. I thought you were just going to say no. <laughs> i gotta learn how to do that apparently yeah. <laughs> and that and you're, that's your answer you're sticking to it no there you go exactly. no <laughs> yeah so yeah this has been cool yeah well, real cool. Connor, i mean it's nice to see you again it's nice to yeah. meet you yeah. yeah nice to meet you nice to meet the rose between the two thorns so, so that's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah and she's apparently i think you, you guys made an upgrade so it, it think it's all good for the podcast well, well you know what anytime you want to you know join in if we've got a, a ufo guest or a bigfoot guest you know if you want to jump in that'd be great yeah those are my two big so, topics now i'm just going to avoid the paranormal for now yeah um you know what it may circle around at some point um but again, that just it was with me when the kids got involved, and I just thought, you know what, I got to put the brakes on. I got to pump the brakes here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But you'll never be able to keep me completely away from the weird because it just has too much of a fascination for me. John, it's it's been great having you uh, back on on board here for the hundredth episode, and I uh, hope you can maybe join us once again. Um, you know, in the future, once again. So we'll Absolutely. keep you informed. Absolutely. No, thanks. I enjoyed it. It was good to talk to you guys again. Uh, I won't, won't lie, missed it, but just uh, just had to had to make a change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you did a good job with my replacement. So <laughs> you, you guys bodes well, bodes well for the future. That's right. <laughs> and uh, whoever is listening out there, if you hear those voices, send us a, a message with a timestamp because there was a ton of them. I know Tony's just itching to, to listen <laughs> to this one. He's nodding his head. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, we'll get that figured out. Hopefully, it's a good voice for a change. Yeah, the last the last three four podcasts have been pretty full. I don't know why, but yeah, we've been uh, we've been popular on the spirit realm. Have you heard that, Tony? Have you been listening? I just heard something again. Yeah, the ears that walk like a man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's right. All right, thank you, uh, ladies, gentlemen. Thank you, right. John. Take care, guys. Nice to meet you, Rachel. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.